This is Chris Bentevegna, aka Benti, he of Twitch, he of Playback TV, he of Twitter, he of the general internet, and I have just stepped into the Vectorverse. I am Vector, and this is the Vectorverse. Today on the show, I have a very special guest, Mr. Chris Bentevegna, aka Benti. Uh, he's a Twitch affiliate, an enjoyer of film and nerd culture, also a Boston sports fan that often hates other Boston sports fans. So, Benti, Thank you very much for joining me in the Vactorverse today. How are you doing, sir? Vactor, thank you for having me. I feel like I have to explain that Boston sports fan part, which is just basically there is this idea with Boston sports fans that we're like very high and mighty. We always think we should win. And I hate a lot of those Boston sports fans because I at least remember a time before there was like the city of champions and that kind of stuff. They feel entitled. And I'm just like, please shut up. Please, please. <laughs> especially on Twitter and such, because I am like a big live tweet. Well, we'll see. I mean, the heat wave is just being in this area because uh, okay. they built this city on a swamp. Uh, they're like, hey, let's make a national capital, and uh, we're going to see what happens. We found the swamp. What happens if we just put the nation's capital on this swamp? I'm sure <laughs> nothing bad will come of that. And then the humidity and the heat comes along. They're like, oh, something bad mm. did happen. And for me, as a as a larger man, you know, humidity is not exactly good for me. We'll say that. Mm. And I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm in Arizona. It's a dry heat. But yeah, it doesn't matter when it's 120 yes. degrees. It feels like as soon as you step outside, you are putting your head inside an oven. And we're on like a 19-day streak of yeah. the, it's like the hottest whatever. And so, yeah, it is very hot out here. But it's cool indoors, which is why I don't like to go outside very much. And I'm here with my friend Benty, and I want to get – his canon events and Benti is very unique individual because he has a Venn diagram of things that kind of cross over, whether it's video games, comic books, Star Wars, and Star Wars in particular, I really am fascinated by. So I want to get um, your Star Wars canon event first. What was it that kind of hooked you? So Star Wars, if we're going to talk about like nerd culture. I know there's other podcasts that refer to it as fandom. I don't like mm, that mm. word, but the nerd culture idea of it. Star Wars is really like the first thing. For some background, I was born overseas, not Ooh. military. My dad was just working oh, okay. there. No, it's, yeah, I'm not that special, <laughs> but that's where they were. And the the company my dad worked for, I'll just say it was Avid Technology. So a lot, of, a lot of movies. So if you know anything about yeah. film and digital editing, Avid, he, he worked mm -hmm. for Avid. So he had an office yeah. with tons of movies and he had an editing system set up for hobby editing. And he had this like tiny TV on the floor and had it been like four or something. This was in Ireland. And I was like going through his VHS because I'm like, whatever, I'm a four-year-old, just la 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 la. And I, I found uh, this, the VHS for the original Star Wars trilogy, and it was pre-special editions because this was like- Oh Batman. man, yes, yes. Um, and I think I shared it with you in our, uh, you know, kind of, it was the original Star Wars poster, the one with, uh, I'm sure you'll drop it in here right here, but the one with like Luke with the lightsaber in the into the sky and like Leia, and I'm like, this looks cool. And I think I grabbed the VHS off the shelf and I was like, dad, can I, can I watch this? And he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, here we go. I think he's pulling yes. it up here. Yes. But yeah, like it may not have been this exact like VHS box, but it was that poster. Everyone knows okay. like that original Star Wars poster. And I'm like, this looks cool. Yes. Um, yes. And he's like, I could watch it. And I was just awestruck at the time. Man, that's fascinating because 
especially in today's culture, like the pre-special editions are not, you know, referred to or referenced a lot. And I come from, cause I'm old. I come from <laughs> that uh, standpoint where I grew up with the pre-special editions and in my mind, I'm always like, whenever I'm watching the new versions, they change that. And I just, I find that fascinating to have that, those two sides of the coin of Star Wars of Lucas said, this was his original vision. You know, who knows how much of Which that. Which he's all the rights was. to do. All, yes. He has all the rights to do. And uh, have you heard of the despecialized editions? Yes, yes, yes. Um, my I actually, boy, but to tell me that you have them, I yeah. did at one point. Uh, actually, you know what? I might. You know, I, I need to check my uh, my Star Wars shelf here. I might still have those. Uh, but so yeah, I, uh, my uh, a job I worked at, the guy who was like ostensibly my intern, he's like he he was also into Star Wars. We're jumping around way deeper into the canon, but and he's like, I, I brought you something, and it was a flash drive where he had all the despecialized editions, like the questionable <laughs> the questionable legality uh, yeah. options on there. <laughs> Somebody on. I think it was on Facebook. I, I ran into somebody and they're like, yeah, $5. I'll burn it onto a disc for you. So I was like, yeah, okay. And he put like that cover on there. Um, so I have a physical. I, I think I still have that. But I also have it on my Plex server. So I can just mm. stream it whenever. Uh, but yeah, those. Yes, yes. I highly recommend those. Um, Allegedly. The Despecialized are fan. But yes, continue with your uh, canon event. I love you. <sighs> yeah, so. And then I also, the other weird part with that is like I have and I'm sh sure if I asked my dad, because he has like very selective memory, he's in, you know, a, a classic old fart now. I love my dad. But he probably would be like, I don't know, maybe. But I have this memory that for some reason, I watched The Order as New Hope and then Return of the Jedi and oh. then Empire Strikes Back. And there was no reason for this. I was like four years old at the time. But if I were to guess, it's probably because I'm like, Dad, 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 I want to watch another Star Wars. Like, tell me. And he's like, okay, we'll watch Return of the Jedi. Because he's probably like, well, there's like Ewoks in this and like cool aliens. Like, I'm sure he'll be more interested in that. And he's probably right. Also, there's more of a, a dog fight. I remember really enjoying in, even as a four-year-old, uh, you know, the big Battle of Yavin and, and New Hope. But to that point, like, he's probably like, oh, this will be more enjoyable for his feeble little four-year-old mind instead of Empire Strikes Back. Um, so, like, yeah, I have this weird memory of uh, like that being the order that it came in so or That's not that it came in but the order that i watched it right so then the m early to mid 90s to give you like time frame i'm born in 91 again not to continue to dox myself tonight good job chris but Around that time, that's when uh, Hasbro and Kenner were kind of relaunching the Star Wars toy line. Hmm. I can't, I, I don't know this, maybe you know. Had they announced that the special editions were coming, or would, did they announce like the special editions and then it was like, I, uh, like within like six months they were out? Yeah, it was, I want to say it was like a year before. Okay. So, yeah. we pro so at that point, we probably didn't know that the special editions were coming. Mm -hmm. But they released that the relaunch of Star Wars toys. It was like the power of the force line, which in retrospect now is widely panned by people who love action figures. And he didn't have like a lot. He grew up in the 60s. Like he didn't have a lot of like G.I. Joe or Johnny West, like all those action figures at the time. And I think he saw that, like, I enjoyed these movies. This toy line had just come up. He had disposable income. 
and there was this opportunity for him to kind of give me what he didn't have mm. so which benefited me because all of a sudden <laughs> there was all these star wars toys and and lightsabers and uh like the the han solo pistol with the with the sounds Ooh. and sound effects and stuff and i just love that stuff and again in retrospect, it's like the worst toy line they did because it's like the one with like the super buff Luke Skywalker. Oh yeah. And like the 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 hourglass princess Leia and like Vader also looks like he has abs somehow. Vader does not have abs, guys. Like, let's be honest. But like I now had all of these toys and I could watch the movies. And then when we moved to the States, that was literally like when the special editions were coming up. I remember Ooh. going to the movie theaters to go see each of the special editions. Uh, I remember my dad like looking in the newspaper and being like, Return of the Jedi is playing at 10 a.m. today. Like, let's go see it. He was a big morning person on that. Nice. And like, I remember, you know, that I thought I lost you for a second. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Let me make a little editing note here. Excuse me. Okay. Yes. Continue. Um, so yeah, special edition. You saw him in the theater. Yep. Okay. In Natick. Yeah, definitely at Natick at the Flutie Pass. Okay. Um, at that, I don't know what the brand of theater was. I just know like exactly where this movie theater is in central Massachusetts. But yes, I I remember seeing the the, the special editions all in theaters. Okay, sweet. I was living in actually was military. Uh, my dad oh, okay. uh, was Air Force. You got so excited so... then you were like, oh, with another one? Did I find yeah, another one yeah. of these these people? I was like, no, no. He just worked for Avid and they had a big office in Ireland. Okay, so oh, we were man. we were in Dublin. Okay, I was in Japan at the time. And I remember the special editions coming out on VHS, that gold box, the trilogy set. Yes, I think I had that too. So that was a, a big deal for me at the time. And those VHSs had little featurettes, which was like not, you know, DVDs now and Blu-rays, it's like we're accustomed to it. But back then, special features were like laser disc only. So I got, that was where I first got a taste of, oh, here's, these are all the scenes that were changed. And this was the things that was changed. The first of many changes that would uh, end up coming out later as well. My dad but, had a coffee table book that was like all of the, I'm sure it's like a famous one. Cause it, like the way it was set up, I just don't remember the exact name of it. I could probably send you a picture of it next week. Was it black where and white? It's like black and gold and it comes in like a sleeve. Okay. I am okay looking past flaws. Cause to me it is, it is space opera. It, there's camp, like, it's it's a different world. Like as long as you give me kind of the essence of what Star Wars is, I'll be happy. Nice. Yeah, I think I'm similar to you in that aspect of I just like spending time in the world of Star Wars and I'm not too beholden to, you know, canon or anything that specifically oh, it wasn't like that, you know, pre-Lucas, it wasn't or uh, pre-Disney, it wasn't yeah. like that, blah blah blah. I'm I'm just he, along for the ride and i liked mando season three i i had uh videos coming out as each episode yep. was coming out and i you did a I great just, job with them oh thank you i didn't see any specific you know things that was was wrong with uh season three and i'm looking there's, forward to season four there's definitely some problems with it and like with the the prequel trilogy there's certainly their problems there like in retrospect and we can we can, we can look at stuff critically but also like understand where there's like enjoyment i think that's kind of one of these things in the past five years that not to say that we can't have high highs in mm -hmm. nerd culture thing right. whether it's um i'm gonna about to summon the discourse fairy i'm sorry like the last jedi being 
like unquestionably great don't at me don't at me whoever you are out there like or something like batman begins or the dark knight like we know things that are like great and they have craft behind them but we also can recognize too when something is just simply fun and we enjoyed it the problem is when something's not enjoyable in these things in my opinion. right right yeah um there's definitely things that uh, from you know a story standpoint or from a hey this is taking too long they should have cut 20 minutes out of this scene or whatever it is pacing issues like that T-Flash, um, uh, 2023. Yes. Uh-huh. So I think for the most part, I've enjoyed this Disney era of Star Wars. We've gotten some fantastic comics. I was um, about to say that. Yep. There's been some great video games that have come out. I've really enjoyed the Cal Kestis different, uh, the series of Jedi Survivor and uh, what was the first one? Fall in Order. Jedi Order. Fall in Order. Fall in Order. Um, I've enjoyed both of those and I'm looking forward to whatever comes out next. So, and, and there's been novels, there's been great novels that have come out. So I think this era, a lot of, there there are that certain section of the fans that are like, oh, they should have never got, they should have never got with Disney. They, they sold their souls and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like those are the same people who are like, the prequels are terrible. Lucas ruined my childhood. No one will ever be happy. Yeah. So. I'm... I do understand some some stuff when it comes to like EU because there are a lot of great EU characters and stories. Like for me, uh, video games in general are something that's also like a big part of like my canon event, my nerd culture thing. And a lot of those Star Wars video games have characters. It like they showed the Ubisoft Ubi or Ubi. What do you say? I've I've said both because okay. I've heard people say both. So. It's just kind of depending on my mood at the time. Uh, right now, I'm going to go Ubisoft. Okay, we're going to use Ubisoft today. So uh, <laughs> if we have to issue a correction later, we'll do that. But they had their big trailer for their new game that's coming, That's their Star Wars game. And there's a, a mercenary character at the end of it that's like, I can't remember what he says his name is, but it's not Kyle Katarn, but he looks like Kyle Katarn. And everyone's mm. like, I bet you that's a fake name, and they're bringing back Kyle Katarn. And let me tell you, I am not a like. If it's not Kyle Katarn, I riot. Yeah, <laughs> like he's got the yes. he's got the like the, the shoulder patch on, and like we we don't see his ship. It could be it could be his ship. I can't see, now I can't think of the name of the ship. That's gonna yeah. bother me. Something bird. I don't want to say dirty bird, but I'm like that's the Atlanta Falcons. But like, yeah, like those Star Wars games, crow. like the Moldy Crow. See, I knew it was a bird related. Yes, but like. You know, we don't see the ship. And if it's Kyle, like, we just brought Kyle Katarn. I think that's the thing. People want stuff from the EU that was, like, uncanonized and also, like, had its own set of problems. And because the Disney stuff isn't the EU they remember reading or playing games, it's like, oh, it's terrible. I hate it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm not one of those that I'm so beholden and you can't ever change anything. It's, for me, it's all about the story. If If it's a good story... If you're going to make me care about the characters, that's all that I care about. Oh, the Moldy Crow was later replaced by Raven's Craw, uh, Claw. Yes, Raven's yes. Claw. In, because in Jedi Knight, in, in Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight, the, the uh, Jarek, when he captures Kyle Katarn and gives him an option whether or not he wants to go to the light side or the dark side, Jarek, if you remember, had the, the no eyes, very, very scary looking character, especially for me, eight years old or whatever at the time. He right. offers him his choice between dark side or light side, and you can either save Jan, uh, essentially your waifu or you can go to the dark side and kill her either way uh the moldy crow 
at the Valley of the Jedi, a great, awesome, like Valley of the Jedi. Like if we talk about like good EU stuff, unquestionably great. But it then tumbles to the end, and you have to get a new ship. So by the time Jedi Outcast comes out in two thousand one, you have a new ship. Nice, man. I I love a lot of Star Wars in video games. We could do a whole show on that Knights of the Old Republic and all of those type of things. But it's important to me. Yes, I'm very curious uh, because. You, as a Twitch streamer and as a, a video game connoisseur, I want to know, what was your video game canon event? What kind of hooked you for life on video games? So, so Star Wars is like one of the things, and then like video game is the video games are the other canon event. And I have to apologize if I talk too fast. That is my Northeast coming out, where we just start blending words together and and northeast speak and then if i had drinks you would hear me start to drop my r's like i'm ben affleck in a a movie here oh wow yeah it comes out (laughs) it comes out some from time to time but we're not doing that anyway so like unlike a lot of kids of the 90s and 2000s i kind of had unsupervised access to video games probably way too young an age like i remember none of the games were like super intense with the exception of one you know like the most intense like super nes game i had would have been like super punch out but it was really just mm. playing like a lot of super mario kart donkey kong country i played the old mario games because of super mario all-stars but to be clear there was a super nes in my room with a little tv uh, at like age four so that's where i say like a lot of the unsupervised access there was also a macintosh pc in my room which my dad would do like other like work kind of stuff on, but there was one thing on there, and I, I mentioned there was one exception to the uh, not super intense stuff, and uh, Doom was on that computer. Oh, and at uh, four, at four, when people used to say, "Remember that Jack Thompson guy is like video games cause violence," I would always be like on the message boards, being like, "Hi, look at me." If they did. I would be screwed up in the head right now, and I'm not. So, so it's, it's it's parent stuff. But I also didn't go further than like the first world in Doom because that's like when you, starting in chapter two is like when you go to hell, and like mm. that's when the game got too scary for me. Right. But the other stuff like completely fine by me and, and all that. Dang. But yeah, I had like Doom in there, so like video games. The Christmas gifts became like video games and Star Wars stuff. Like the first big video game I can remember being a Christmas gift was uh, Super Mario World 3, which is Yoshi's Island. Ooh, yes. Um, that I can remember like having the box and like those boxes were like a big thing. And then my older cousin, Michael, on my dad's side, uh, rest in peace to Michael, but he was much older than me. And like he would also show me new video games. And I remember like really looking forward to our trips to Long Island where like my dad's side of the family lived. Because I'm like, oh, I get to like hang out with Michael and he's going to show me a bunch of new video game stuff. Like he, you know, I mentioned like on the Super NES, like, it was just Mario games and platformer simple games. I never played like a link to the past mm. because I'm That's sure true. like my dad's like Mario's fine. Like he's just playing Mario and Doom. <laughs> these are these are fine. But, like he introduced me to Oc- Ocarina of Time. He he taught me how to glitch Pokemon or he even I'm pretty sure he even like showed me Pokemon first and I'm like I have this now. Actually like one other thing with the Game Boy and why I think I'm also super into video games. My mom when she was about to have me was stuck in the hospital for like a month prior like I, there was just issues with me coming out and she was playing game boy playing tetris oh. so i like to claim that that's the reason i'm super into video <laughs> games is because she just would play tetris all the time to the point that the nurses would like take it away from her because like it's rotting your brain and i'm like i that could cause it that i'm just hearing just like 
trying to come out anyway but yeah so like mike like he was like a huge like oh i gotta play all these new games that i never saw before and i was always a nintendo kid uh, it was like super nes 10 64 to gamecube and then by the time we got to like the gamecube generation and this is where i'm very lucky growing up in that that avid relationship and that kind of stuff it, it, you know it's kind of crazy like how that affects people's like like what they get interested in so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. avid was starting to get into like digital effects and stuff and they were buying mm-hmm. companies that would provide vfx work essentially to like video game studios too so or they were like or partnering with companies so we had access because of people my dad knew to basically get free playstation 2s free Ooh. xbox so like i had I, it got to a point where i had every console <laughs> I had my pick of whatever games I wanted to because he would just get them free. Nice. They had a, they had an office in Montreal, uh, right next to Ubisoft Montreal, Ooh. and so he would go up to Montreal and he knew people over at Ubisoft Montreal. See, yeah, we just did it twice there, and like he would bring back the Ubisoft games and just have them free, and and so I just had access to video games and yeah, just ended up playing a lot of video games. Man, that's crazy. A lot like I feel like if we were in the same town, we would have been very close friends. A lot of the stuff you're describing. Also, if I wasn't an old person, if I was your Fair. let's let's uh, let's take the age and put push them together. Yes. If I, was a, if I was closer to you in age for the record, I'm about ten years older than you. So if, if we had let's say a five year, four year gap, maybe I think we would have been best friends because I have a lot of similar things in my upbringing. Video games were a huge thing. I remember my dad, we we were driving cross country from, I don't know, Cal- Florida to California. And my dad said, I had this Pac-Man, I don't know like what they're called, but uh, just the pre, you know, before the Asus <laughs> and before the Steam Deck, it was these little handheld games and it was just pac-man kind of like the football kind of like the football with the beeps and the bloops yeah very similar to that and it was it wasn't even like a officially licensed pac-man it's like a bootleg pac-man but my dad said i was entertained i was i think i was about four and i was entertained from florida all the way over to california and it was like this is it's amazing that i had that attention span because Today I would be bored by you know five minutes down the road. Did you have a Did you have a Game games. Boy as well? Like was or was it this way before Game Boy? This was way before I okay. I did have a Game Boy when it, when they um first came out and Tetris and Mario were big. And were you still on. doing this like travel like during this time too? Yes, so we would uh, fly a lot. So okay. um, video games were a huge, and I was a Sega guy. So oh. my my dad wanted me to be different. Like he didn't want me to. He was like, everybody's on Nintendo. So it's a Game Gear. Yeah, I had a Game Gear. I was huge into Game Gear. He actually brought me back before the Genesis. It was the Sega Master System. That was yep. the competing with the NES. And so he was like, everybody's got an NES. You're going to have a Master System. You're going to be the only one on the block. And I loved it. I was like, yeah, this is great. And then so from there, I was like, all right, I'm a Genesis guy. I'm a Sonic guy. I was about to say, is um, Sonic like super important to you then? Yeah, and Sega CD, 32X. Like, I was all in on Sega, all the way up to the uh, Sega Saturn, all the way up to the Dreamcast. And when once they died, I was uh, huge into Sega. But I was also, like you, in the background, I was getting Sonys. I was getting GameCubes. I was getting all the other ones and then slowly transitioned to Xbox. We would also still, even now I'm a teenager, 
and I still have this computer in my room. Normally, notably, like to do like homework and stuff. I think my dad could like see the future and that kind of stuff. They also trusted me. Probably not a good idea, but like let's, <laughs> we could talk about that in a different <laughs> podcast. But like, so I would like was also starting to get into PC gaming and Ooh, was very yes. into like learning how to connect to the internet. We also mm. like again to the luckiness. Uh, like had high speed internet like very early on like we were early mm. adopters on high speed internet so nice. you know i'm on games by playing battlefield 2 that was a huge one but we my dad and i kind of mentioned this with the movies he liked to do stuff earlier in the day right right, so right. we do these errands which were at some point we'd go to stop and shop which is the oh. north which is uh the northeast big supermarket chain up there. Uh, but notably we would like go to comp usa first ah. and we'd go and we'd go to the mall and like best buy eventually opened and you know he was into computers like that was his time to like find stuff to like mm. purchase for computers or like dvd or dvds because we had a huge dvd collection because of you know avid and all that stuff but that was also when i could like get him to like buy me a game and be like uh, like because we don't he'd also we he would have a general sense because he would read pc gamer too like uh-huh. kind of like what was coming out like i remember like medal of honor allied assault for instance as a big Ooh, pc game and like yes. we'd be in comp usa and be the, the cardboard box with the with the discs in it and it'd be like oh can can we get this can we get this and he'd like look at me and be like okay here's the deal you're gonna leave it in the car when we get home and you're gonna wait till your mom takes her nap and then you can bring it in and like i learned how to install games on my pc and like played battlefield 2 was a huge like mm. in, like multiplayer game for me i would say though as a teenager probably the most important games for me ended up being like sports games like ncaa football because i would play those with like people in my neighborhood who weren't as nerdy but this is where you could like oh let's play video games uh i'd kick kevin's ass and to the point where he, I would just like leave and laugh going down the street. Sorry, Kevin, oh, wow. if you're if you're watching here. Shout out, uh, Kevin. Shout out, Kevin. But also like Halo, especially when Xbox Live became oh, a thing. Man. So like Halo, similar yes. to Star Wars, is a like a franchise that like is very special to me, and I will also oh, just yeah. play whatever Halo comes out because you know that's when the the online gaming went to the Xbox and all that stuff. I think you uh, and I met on Halo Infinite. I think, sure, or or Master Chief Collection. I believe. Oh yeah, just, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Because we're just yeah. like, hey, because William, our, our our mutual friend William was probably like, hey, I got this a uh, friend Factor. I used to podcast with him, and he played. Yes. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck not? Sorry, yeah. I don't know if you could swear. I just yes, that's <laughs> fine. Okay, you can bleep it later. Put a <laughs> put like a funny put a funny like wart 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 on there. Oh man, that's fantastic. But what's yeah, like I, for you? What's like for you? so you said like sonic but like is there another game that's like super important for you with like playing video games like well along those lines of what you said about being un unmonitored or i was allowed my mom and dad they they just trusted me i was watching r-rated movies at Mm -hmm. eight years old i was playing violent video games mortal kombat was good one a groundbreaking game for me um i was in the arcade which that's another thing. I was a huge arcade, like every, I, I would be there every day if I could, but I obviously couldn't drive at that point. So my mom was dropping me off every weekend and all right, here's $10 yeah. and you can be here for, I'm going to go off for three hours and come back and you have to make that last. So I was, I was a huge arcade guy, but I was in the arcade one day. Actually, you know what? No, I take that back. We were watching a movie. I, don't, I have no idea what the movie was, but I will never forget 
right before that movie. Like, I'm like, yeah, Star Wars is cool and not <laughs> dumb. Like, dumb Batman. Like, I remember my neighbor for a little while, like, had Batman action figures. And mm. in retrospect, they're pretty cool. Because it was, like, the, uh, like, 89 Batman, like, that Batmobile. There was, like, the Batman Forever, like, the vehicles and the, like, the, those toys and such from oh, yeah. What's the Clooney one. Batman and Robin. Like, movie yes. sucks. Toys are great in retrospect. But I'm like, yeah, I don't like, I don't like batman and that stuff that stuff's dumb star wars is cool plus there was like you know there was this the sports stuff too right um, right so i'm like i can only go so far with my nerdy stuff and now no one cares we just let our freak flags fly wherever we go i have a um, question for you actually um sure was your love of sports video Ooh. games Ooh, this is where i'm like trying to like think like where are the memories because like i remember what playing first? Ripple, mm. and, and this again what's interesting about this is i mentioned like i lived in europe for a little bit yes but right, my right, dad right. wasn't like so we were in england briefly monaco briefly i don't have any memories of those two places but mm. i have slight memories of us being in dublin but we didn't like there wasn't like soccer playing and my dad like wasn't a soccer or like football fan but like we play wiffle ball in our backyard uh, yeah. and you know, no other kid in the neighborhood would know what wiffle ball was because right. they're like, what is this? But like, I do remember playing like Ken Griffey jr. Baseball on the super NES. Okay. So then by that time, it was probably really, it is probably playing sports video games first, but not really totally understanding what I was doing. Gotcha. Okay. Um, like I remember, I do kind of remember like Madden, like Ooh. not understanding like how to actually like run a play or like what mm. it even was. But right. Madden '97 on the Super NES and probably also on the Genesis version had this like mini camp mode where you like create your character. And again, I'm like five, so I'm barely understanding exactly what's going on. But it was just these drills, and you didn't have to play mm. a full game. It was just like tap the B button as fast as possible yes, to run the forty-yard dash. Oh man, I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. And, and that's actually like what set your created players' like ratings, like how right. well you did I in those drills. That. Hey, I forgot. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. So like, see, it was probably like sports, video games, and then by the time I came to the states, the first sporting event I can remember watching on TV was Super Bowl Thirty. Ooh. One between the Patriots and the Packers. Oh, yes, uh, yes. I was in when, Korea when that happened. Yes, yes. Yes. That's the one I can remember being like the first sports like game I watched. And now oh, it's, it's you know, the, the video games and the Star Wars and then also like sports. And mm. again, my dad working at a big company and stuff. Plenty of, plenty of corporate tickets to go around. So, you know, you get to go to Fenway Park and the TD Garden and see hockey. I loved hockey. Uh, oh, a lot man. of hockey and hockey video and hockey video games. That was all. Speaking of video games, with that, sorry, I I know I'm rambling here, but uh, to my dad's like also playing video games, he would play like the NHL games, but the PC versions when they started Ooh. getting like the PlayStation like style graphics and okay. like there was a time there were like PC versions of sports games were actually better than the consoles because they had better graphics right. and yes. Like, yes. you could you could super mod them to like right. like get the right player names and so like he played that yes. he showed yeah. me he yeah. showed me like. If you come up to the circle here and shoot, you will score every time. And I'm like, why don't they do that in real life? <laughs> but yeah, Man. so it's probably sports video games first before. Okay. But then it all kind of comes hand in hand where I got like really into like franchise gaming and season gaming. And it's like, okay, I and also like creating players and like putting them into season mode and like we're going to be the best team in the league and that kind of stuff. Yes, so yes. That kind of sports gaming. Mm, yes, I, I love all of that. And uh, I... If if you can believe uh, the way that I am now with superheroes, that's how I was with basketball. Um, when okay. I was growing up, I wanted to be a professional basketball player, and everything like 
was filtered through a lens of basketball. So people would ask me, hey, what's your favorite movie? Oh, it's uh, Space Jam, you know, or whatever <laughs> basketball yeah. movie. And uh, what's your favorite song? Oh, basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. Like Great those... opening to NBA 2K12, by the way, yes, if anyone wants to look yes, that up. Yes. So I had that that love of basketball first. And then I was like, oh, there are basketball video games. Mm -hmm. And I would say 90% of my Genesis time was there was Lakers versus Celtics, uh, Bulls versus Blazers. Yeah. Um, the, all of those EA. The, you know, ISO, the, the isometric NBA yes, live games. Yes. All of those games to me were like canon to me. Like those were the the Bible to me. I was Did like. Did you play 2K on Dreamcast too? You mentioned. Yes. Big, yeah. So the first 2k was a revelation and it was like that the the 2k camera like yeah. i still to this day i'm like hey that's the camera that i it's I the love. only one that you can play yeah yeah and you were talking about online like that was the first one they had like the dial-up modem that's right and on the I dreamcast was, yeah i was trying to connect this is in japan so it was like <laughs> it was already there was all these hurdles for me to get online so i never actually played anyone but um, I, I, I was able to access a browser on the Dreamcast. So I was like, oh, this is great. They, I'm on the internet, and I have to wait as it loads a page. But, um, yeah, Dreamcast was, was a big one for me. But I also, that same thing you said about modding and putting the players' names in, not to that extent on uh, PC, but on the console, I was making, like, this is – like how intense I was doing. I was making every trade as it happened. I was like, I have to know. Or you just plug it in and they would give you roster updates nowadays. The 12th, yeah, right. Like the, it's it's crazy how easy it is now versus me. I was, I think back on myself like, man, I wasted a lot of time trying to make sure that the Denver Nuggets roster to down to the 12th man was up to date. I was like, why did I do that? Because I never played with those teams. Would you go like, into like message boards and like people would like to the point we were talking about the despecialized editions. And I think this is where sports can be nerdy, especially with video games, the sports video games. Would you like go on to like operation sports and like buy like a memory stick from someone? They're like, or like if you send me your memory card, I will update your roster for you. What's crazy. Like, I never did that. I would have been the person selling it. Like I oh, remember okay. being so precious about my memory cards. I was like, all right, I got to make sure this is the one that has the 97 bulls on it. This is the one yep. that has like the, so I was that person. Like I was, I knew every player in the NBA. Like I, I think back on, I was like, how did all of that knowledge and information, like how did I memorize all of these? But I just loved it so much. I loved the, the game of basketball and I just wanted to consume it. In, and you uh, want to make it as and, and in the video game because again they would produce the roster and there would always be if you like read like before did like the opening cinematic whether it was Madden right. uh, yes, triple play yes, triple yes. play baseball NBA two K it's like rosters accurate as of yes X date and I, you're like well yeah. that's not today we got to figure this out <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of crazy that we're now like talking about like sports on here and I think like sports video games. Uh, were like again allowed people who like sports to also be nerdy i think something also like moneyball helped with that like mm. the book not the movie although i right. did just watch the movie the other weekend <laughs> but for those who don't know the concept of moneyball was that the oakland athletics have a tiny payroll and they needed to find a way to actually like build a winning roster through like drafting and like finding diamonds in the rough and the whole book is about how we can evaluate people but also like using math and like Sure, baseball always had like batting average and RBI, but it's like, what if those are the wrong numbers? 
Mm. And it's really was an intro to a lot of people in terms of like, here are advanced numbers. Bill James had been around for a long time, but like, these are advanced numbers that explain like how baseball teams actually win that they're not telling you. And, you know, it, it is funny that this, the book came out in 2003, I want to say. And now that we're like talking about video games, like this all kind of coalesced into like one area where now like nerds run sports right and like athletes still play you still need to be an athlete and even like the athletes are nerds now like how many times right. do you see something and it's like oh that dude that dude bleeping loves comic books for instance oh yeah yeah it's crazy and like oh kyler murray has a twitch channel and he's playing yeah. call of duty and like <laughs> kyler murray had to get written into his contract that he couldn't <laughs> play call of duty anymore that's how much he's a nerd yeah so it, yeah it's, it's it's fascinating to me to think about like if I could tell myself in 95, you know, what is more nerdy than like striving for like a full collection or like perfection or trying to figure out the glitch in the system that makes right. it work. what's what's more right. nerdy than that. And that, that's in sports nowadays. Yeah. And it's it is that thing of like nerd is the new cool. Like it's, yeah. it's become the popular culture. I feel like the same thing with like hip hop to music. Like, you know, it started out as kind of a fringe niche and then it just took over and it's like, it's every, in all genres of music. And I feel like nerd is, you look at what are the number one movies at the box office? Like what are the most popular things now? And there are so many video game, Star Wars and comic book references in like popular movies, popular right. music. Like it's it's just infiltrated every aspect of popular culture. Even the um, biggest movie from this past weekend, Mission Impossible, is essentially a superhero movie. Like Ethan right. Hunt at this point is a superhero. He's jumping right. off of off of cliffs with right. with bicycles. Right. Like motor motorbikes. Sorry. Yeah. So it's it's just an interesting uh time now versus like you will not get bullied, I think, as much for liking these type of things as as I did, you know, when I was growing up or our parents did when, when they were growing up. So I, I just think it's an interesting thing to look at. And I did want to get your comic book canon <laughs> event because I love you and our mutual friend, Mr. William Goodman. We're talking about Jonathan Hickman's X-Men offline. We were, we were in our yeah. discord and I was like a light bulb went off in my head because I haven't talked to you about comic books before. So like that was an indicator to me is like, oh, okay. I know from that conversation, I know exactly what type of comic reader he is. And so I don't I know what type of cheese. <laughs> Jonathan Hickman. Things like Raimi's Spider-Man helped to change that. Uh, I, I didn't watch the singer X-Men films. Okay. I think in this brain, again, that was like, gotta be cool. But also like Star Wars is cool. It's like, for some reason, <laughs> X-Men were like not cool because it's like, they wear these like yellow suits and they're like, <laughs> this dude's got claws coming out of his hand. Like, that's not cool. Obviously, Wolverine's super cool nowadays. But like, yeah. the, the Raimi Spider-Man's health, uh, things like Batman Begins and started to be like, oh, Ooh. superheroes can be adult and like people, like you read online, like like Batman, like, oh, this can work. And then for me, comics started to come a little bit later. I had a little bit more disposable income. I mm. never really was exposed to like a comic book store. Wow. Not really until I was like in my mid twenties, but you know, you'd go to Barnes and Noble even, and you know, I'd like look up online, like quick Google search, best Batman stories. Mm. I got to figure mm. out like what I've been missing. Best Avengers stories. And you'd go buy the trades at like Barnes and Noble and they'd be in those yes. like, 
hawks like things like the hawk like the, this like i love yes. this this is actually speaking of from this is from William. That's my entire book <laughs> over there. You'd go to Barnes and Noble and you'd buy things like this. And you'd be like, oh, yes. this is the entire run that started five years ago that I didn't read because I wasn't into comics. And then, you know, MCU definitely helped because it's getting established that like being nerds are cool. Not to uh, out myself as a as a white boy who went to college but uh, in my fraternity we were like very we had like lots of little clicks like in our fraternity and there was mm. a group of us that like we kind of called like the secret nerd club in the sense that it was like oh like we're we're, we're gonna go to the parties and we're gonna drink and, and, and we're gonna pick up the girls also um did you guys uh, what do you guys think that off of oh, like what man. do you like which, which comic run do you think that will be uh, they're talking about uh they think the movie is going to be like the what did the russos always say that the winter soldier is but whatever they director bullshit on us right right, right. Uh, you think like that's gonna be like oh ben affleck's gonna be batman <laughs> and nowadays like we don't have to be secret about it because we're not in college and we're not trying to impress any girls and it's funny because we probably would have like there, there probably would have been girls be like i like iron man yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah like so now uh, disposable income with with comics and you can and, and buy the trades and then also you know there'd be the friends that would eventually lend you their comicsology accounts like here's everything i've purchased over the years every time there was like an amazon get three months of kindle unlimited there's enough if you prime day just went by um so if if you did do the kindle unlimited and you want to go back for older comics there there's trades on there Yes, I read basically all of the Mar the new Marvel Star Wars line using Kindle Unlimited uh, okay. of like the first series that was between New yes. Hope and I love that series. They're so good. Darth Vader is the best one of those. But, oh yeah, yes. Uh, but they are they're so they're like really good and like there's some questionable art in one of the runs where like I really think the artist just uh like kind of looked at a still frames of. <laughs> star wars and just copied it and you can tell uh, which ones those are but there are some but like there's some fun stories that are going on there and just they're really easy to go through and read but yeah so like nowadays and then you know i remember reading and i think we teased it that we might be talking about it further i remember reading hickman's avengers so back to the secret nerds us us idiots we go for our fantasy football draft uh we go away it's basically an excuse for us to have a bachelor party every year and we were in montreal in 20 and our as mentioned before our mutual friend goodman he let me into his comicsology account and i think it was like the friday night and i was like a, i went back first from the house i was a little like tired and we were in this big lounge area and i'm just like i'm not super tired but i don't want to be out anymore so i had a beer and i'm just like why don't i read that avengers line that william's been telling me to read i'm just like going through it and stuff and it must have been like one in the morning or something and i remember like screenshotting something and sending it to William and be like, hey, did you not tell me to read this before? <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, I've been telling you to read this for so long. Also, it's 1 a.m. What are you doing? And I'm like, I went back and I'm just sitting here in like this dark room. I'm probably like in like, let's be honest, I'm probably like in my underwear. Just like reading this and like going, this shit's great. Yes, yes, that that is fantastic. And, and uh, I also had that period where I was discovering trades and, and things I couldn't find in back issues. Yeah. But having the whole story was you know some people like the hunt of going and finding every issue but me i'm like give me the whole story yeah. and i was so i was able to to consume a ton of spider-man through trades and like like his black costume days and you know his captain universe days like all these different spider-man stories which i never they came out in the 80s so i never would have um, come across them 
once they started putting them out in trades and really that trade market, like you said, with Barnes and Noble and, and with Amazon, they started to too. get, let's be honest. Yeah. Go support your comic book store. If you got yes. Kids. Yes. Once that started happening, that was when I think got pulled in um, to comics and to, I could get complete storylines. So right. it's yeah, really, I, it's I really a... easy to pull somebody in when you can give them that complete story up front um, instead of the issue issue. Like you can, and especially now, not now it's always kind of been that way, but it does feel like <laughs> more where issues are like monthly. Yes. Um, right. Yes. One thing with like Hickman's X-Men that helped is that there was like a new, it might not have been Hickman's issue every, every week, but there was something in that X-Men line mm. basically every week between issues. You would have like X-Men this week and then you would have like X-Force the next week. And then by the time, like every five weeks you'd get like, you would cycle through the next ones. And I think that really helped like that world. Mm. Obviously some books were, I enjoyed more than others, but I think like the X-Men line and then honestly Coates is Black Panther line oh, when okay. it got when it got to the uh, Intergalactic Empire. Yes. I know I know the first line of that like I I read those basically into like not by trades. I read those like full like fully oh, okay. issue to issue. Yes. Um, my hot take is that I love the Intergalactic line much better and that's probably my Star Wars speaking because I'm like this is Black Panther in space this rules. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, I heard a lot of buzz around that and that actually was coming out during a time where I had been uh, Thanos snapped away, the blip happened and I wasn't reading comics because uh my wife came into my life and what? and some like Life just happened, and before I knew it, five years had gone by, and I was like, whoa, I need to get caught up on what I've missed. And that intergalactic storyline was coming out during that period, and I've just I've heard so many things about it, but I just haven't got back to it. The worst part about it was not the actual story. It's that we stopped in March 2020, and we had to wait like a year for like the story to conclude, and we're sitting there and going, like, please give us intergalactic yes. empire of Wakanda. Yes please that's you know what it really reminds me of like binge like netflix like when they release yeah. a whole season at once versus week to week that's how prefer? the comics i kind of go back and forth if i think if i wasn't doing podcasts if i wasn't doing online content i would prefer the binge model of mm, having the whole needs, needs that slow drip of content, that <laughs> yeah, IV so of content right into now the main. weekly. Yeah, I could do weekly videos. This is much easier than when they release it all at once at midnight. And now I got to try to watch it all and, and put out a video about it. It's it's a lot easier when it's uh, the slow drip. Like it's said, way so. more interesting, I think, week to week for that. But not just that reason, but like you can also have those conversations with people and you don't have to do the awkward yes. like, well, how many episodes have you watched? Right. I've watched right. all of them. I've watched six of them. Yeah. It's like, and you have to be worried about spoilers. And it's like the, right. you'll have That's the people you have who, right, they'll stay up till 2 a.m., watch the entire thing and then spoil you on like what happened at the end. It's like I, it just came out last night. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. <laughs> I do think that is part of the issue with, and and not to go, I know we're doing my canon event, but like <laughs> things like Secret Invasion, which I don't mm -hmm. think has totally hit the mark, mm -hmm. but I feel like they have made these shows, uh, these, I think this is a problem with a lot of the Disney Plus shows, whether it's Marvel or, or Star Wars 2, is that they kind of forgot that they are supposed to be episodes of television, mm -hmm. and they're always kind of like, well, just wait till the end, and then you can watch the whole thing and, and watch it. It's like, right. just put a two and a half hour movie out. 
Um, Mandalorian works because uh, up until this past season, but like, and it still does this in this season. You had the whole like the episode with uh, like Jack Black and Lizzo, for instance. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of individual episodes in the Mandalorian. Not all of them work, but they will tell the complete story from the beginning to the end of the episode. Um, The like Andor had the like the three episode blocks essentially, Mm -hmm. right? But I love the character of Ahsoka. I love what's coming in Rebels. I look at that trailer and I'm like, this should have been. A, this feels like it should be just a two and a half hour movie. Like, are we mm. are we really going to get enough stuff out of this? And I'm finding that with Secret Invasion. Like, I don't know if that movie would have been any good, but it, I think it would be better than trying to build on story that isn't necessarily there. Plus, then you can put a budget behind it and it can look better. Yes. Good. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me is I'm enjoying Secret Invasion, but if it had been a movie and they had a budget, I feel like, number one, like you said, it would have looked better. And I feel like they would have had other heroes in it. It wouldn't have just been this. The The stakes in this show feel so low to me. Especially and compared com- to what that's, especially, yeah, you're about to say it. Go ahead. Right. The comics that it's based on it was the entire Marvel universe. Like every mm-hmm. character was affected. And this show, it's like, all right, we've only got these actors. And if it had been leading up to an Avengers, you know, something, we would have gotten Captain America. We would have got Iron Man or, or something along those lines. That would have made it feel more essential versus mm-hmm. now it's like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's nice. A little side thing. You can find out what Nick Fury was up to, but it doesn't feel as important to me as like Loki. I don't know. Like the the other shows, WandaVision have felt more important to me than this one has. I don't even know if like things feeling important. I think honestly, I think that's one of our biggest issues when it comes to uh, comic book story making. It's like, what does the Flash mean for the future of the DCU? What is Secret right. Invasion? It's like, why can't we just make it? Like, yeah, and I think Marvel really like trained us like the success in a bad way right the success of that led us to the point of when i watch something and i i'm conscious of it but i'm still saying okay well what does this connect to and what was the importance of this story in the grand marvel universe and like you said with the flash is the same way within the whole dc thing i would like to get just a single story and just have it be enjoyable but then I felt like then what almost like what was the point of me watching? Like if I'm going to give you Which six hours of my time, right. Let have it lead up to something. And I kind of, I wonder if, if we had never gotten the MCU, would we still be in that mindset, you know, of this has to lead to something else? Well, I think they've lost a little bit of what the power of comics are. And mm. that is that we can factor you. You can write a Spider-Man story. And sure, there's some established canon about like who Spider-Man is. He's a, a he's a kid from Brooklyn who was, you know, sorry, Queens, a kid from Queens. And he got bitten by radioactive spider. And, you know, maybe recently Green Goblin died or something. So you can't like put Harry Osborn in there. But when you're writing that comic, you don't you're not super beholden to everything that came in the past you just need to write a story about spider-man and you have certain characteristics of spider-man but ultimately you're and his and his rogues gallery but ultimately you're just trying to write a great story about spider-man and the reason it works because we have familiarity with the character 
not necessarily with the plot points that happened in there. And I think the MCU has kind of lost that part of it, where they think it's plot and character. The reason Avengers Infinity War and Endgame works so well is not because of those characters. And we and, and by extension those actors. We love those people. And we love those characters. I could I've watched them all so I can tell you what happened, but someone should be able to go to those movies and know those characters and know what they're about. And that's the reason they enjoy it. One of the reasons like Winter Soldier is so good, besides the fact that it's early in that the the, the storyline of the MCU because like we know who Captain America is, we know who Black Widow is, and the Bucky spoiler for a movie from 2011. But Bucky, you know, being the Winter Soldier, we know that character because that character was established. And and yes, there is a plot reason he's not there, but it's the we we saw those characters have that interaction, and I think they've, for lack of a better word, have lost the plot where they think the plot and what builds to that next thing is what the people care about. I don't think it is. They care about the characters. Right. And we've gotten to the point now where the the continuity I think has started to become a burden on all right, right there's 30 Marvel movies. So if I'm introducing my son, right now my son is 2 years old, but let's say once he gets to watching age, there's going to be 50 Marvel movies out at that point. Right. And I'm going to love rewatching all of those with him. But I wonder if he's going to feel like, oh, no, I have to watch 50 movies just to get caught up and see what's going on in the current movie. And that's the issue. It cares so much more about the plot. You should be able to just be like, let's watch this Spider-Man movie. And maybe there's a little bit of exposition in there uh, that kind of explains like what happened before, what's going on. But this thing should stand alone. And right yes. now, the things in the in Marvel do not stand alone, except for like Guardians 3, which is kind of its own standalone universe in that. But right. that's but that's a sequel like James Gunn trilogy. The, yes, as we do the tenant sign here. The <laughs> beauty of Guardians is like, yeah, you do kind of have to watch one, two, and three, but that's only three movies. That is a right. that is a trilogy of movies, much like the original Star Wars trilogy, where it's a trilogy <laughs> of movies, and that's the storyline there. You know, again, to the point with the comics, I can pick up an Avengers right now, and I need to tell us what happened in 2004. They put the little box in the corner that says, hey, dear readers, this happened in Avengers. You can go back and read that if you want to. But the story that matters is what's on the page right there. And too much of Marvel is the story is here, and it's here, because this is happening in continuity with that. And we don't really care about what's going on here, because that this thing gets us here. Let's worry about telling here. I wonder with this James Gunn DC universe, you know, how much they're going to be beholden to that. Hopefully, like you said, they can have standalone stories that fit together, but they also work as individual pieces yeah. and you can still, you know, get, you can have you can your still... team up. You can have your team up stories. You can have your event comics. Right. Maybe that's what we're saying here. Marvel's like tried to turn everything into an event. I think that's true. And like, Event comics work because we've read stuff for a whole year, and, and then also, and then also with event comics, we also have those like, like prequel to Civil War. Like we have those comics that are like, here's everything you actually need to know before we start this event. Right, and I think it's you know okay, the budget is this much for this movie, so we have to, and you know it takes this long to make the movie. Yeah, there, there, the constraints of that, everything has to be like, oh, we have to get everybody out to the theater we and um you know not 
we want to wait for Disney Plus or whatever. Like we we have to make it an event so that they want to go to the movies. So I don't know exactly how they solve that portion of it, but I'm, I'm with you. I want character to be first, and I want that to be what drives everything is. I want to know what's happening to Tony Stark. I want to know what's happening to Barry Allen and not necessarily, oh, the flashpoint that leads to the end of this DC universe that leads to another. Right. Yeah. So that also kind of that point, going back to the secret invasion thing, you mentioned constraints. Constraints can be good. Right. Instead of, having six hours to do, instead of having six hours to do something, tell the story in two and a half hours. You might find you tell a better story. Also, uh, you talk about those budgets, and, and now we're really off topic here. But <laughs> did you see the yesterday we got a new trailer uh, for another nerd type thing? It's a original sci-fi movie. Did you see the trailer for the creator? Oh, I did not. Okay, so the creator is a movie coming out in September, starring uh, John David Washington, who I only want good things for, from Gareth Edwards. It's a new sci-fi movie. Gareth Edwards loves scale. He's really good with scale. He is the main director of Rogue One, but that's a complicated thing. Regardless, when you watch this trailer, it looks really good. It looks really, looks uh, like we put some real care and work into it. Do you know what the budget for the creator was? I have no idea. The budget's only $86 million. Ooh. Which $86 million sounds like a lot, but like compared to like a Marvel budget where it's like $250, $300 million, and the creator looks better than those movies. So I'm starting to wonder, like, what is this? What are the budgets being used for? Like, right. We have, did we lose the plot on like what goes into making these movies and and they might have and, and they forgot to put constraints on their movie making and I know we're in, we're in sad boy territory with nerd stuff we can pull <laughs> it back to to happy stuff but that's uh... well actually you know what's crazy about that I just listened to there was a four part podcast documentary by the Wall Street Journal called With Great Power okay and the beginnings of the MCU there was a specific guy behind the scenes that was holding them within Not no, Kevin, I assume. The, okay. the person who actually feuded with Kevin and lost. And so he is no longer there. He is, I mean, he's at Marvel, but he's no longer in charge of the films. And so I wonder when that happened, when Kevin Feige went and like Ant-Man, there they was like, all right, we're going to make, make Ant-Man for 60 million. And he was like, okay, that's good. And then they came back. Okay. We need 80 million. He's like, wait a minute. And it ended up being like 160 million at the end of the day. And that guy was like fuming. And so he was butting heads with Kevin Feige. Anyway, this podcast documentary is really good um, if you have a chance. But now Kevin Feige is kind of like, and there's no one there to tell him, hey, uh, let's pull the budgets back. So that is interesting. Well, it's it's Bob. It's Bob. But Bob's also concerned right now about uh, how to fix his yacht and uh, screwing over writers (laughs) and actors. But that's a completely different story for a different day. (laughs) Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a ton of stuff, man. We got to have another episode where Benty comes back and we talk about all of these things because you have been a great resource, my friend, for all of these worlds. You have a great amount of knowledge of, I think sports and video games are your like bread and butter, but the, the Star Wars, the comic book, like all of these things, I think you, you are a person of great interest who I, I would watch your <laughs> I'll you. watch your career with great interest. So <laughs> I think I want to have you back in the Vectorverse. And uh, we have been talking about, like, as you hinted at earlier, doing a Hickman Avengers episode. So I would definitely want to get you back for that. 
Actor, um, are you saying, is there an upcoming series that, uh, I know Hickman just put something out, but is there something this fall that perhaps has to do with uh, with something Jonathan Hickman is working on right now that we might be able to preview, essentially? Does it involve ooh, ultimate things? There is. Man, th- this is like, in my brain right now, there were so many branching timelines that just went off, and uh, I saw us doing a whole segment on Jonathan Hickman. But yes, there is um, a brand new. Bring back the, let's be honest. They're bringing back the ultimate universe. Like that's which, what it is. I don't. There's so many things I want to talk to somebody at Marvel and be like, why? Why are you doing this? What is the plan? What is the purpose? Because again, we talked about. Oh man. Got Edward too. Wait, this actually wait. this because we were just saying Hickman. This was purchased at a little game uh little like toy store in Winchester, Virginia, where I had my wedding by Goodman, who was my best man at my wedding, and he's like, Here's your wedding gift. And they're like, God nice. Emperor Doom. Yes. That is fantastic. Um, but that's bringing back the ultimate universe is kind of like that thing that we just talked about with the burden of continuity, because at the beginning of the Ultimate Universe, the whole appeal of it was there was no continuity. Everything was starting fresh. Ten years into it, it was like, all right, you got to read 150 issues of Ultimate Spider-Man now to get caught up. So why are they bringing it back? Like, what is the end game by doing that? I wanted- probably, a, probably a little bit of that, like, new continuity. But, like, yeah, the Ultimate Universe, and this is from somebody who read it all after the fact, like when it was oh, a thing for the most okay. part, yes, you know, for me. Yes. But I I almost feel like the Ultimate Universe was way more sorry was way more beholden to its canon and part of again that issue that's kind of in the movies is like things that happened in two thousand really mattered for things that happened in two thousand nine and six one six you don't really have that issue you can just write an X Men story and maybe it will fold into greater things that they're doing right now but at the end of the day you don't really have to know too much about what happened in nineteen ninety seven like. But in the Ultimate Universe, it kind of felt like, wait, why is Kitty Pride like macking on Spider-Man? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Yeah, like it kind of felt like they were almost too interconnected. But right. uh, you know, probably there's an opportunity here to, and and they love the character of the Maker. Like they absolutely, oh, yeah. they absolutely love him. But you know, that's an opportunity there too. Right. Yeah, it's crazy that they almost treat him with much as much respect as they do Miles Morales. Like they saved both of those characters those are the only ones that survived the ultimate universe but yeah we definitely will be talking about ultimate invasion uh later on this year and i think goodman benty and vector are going to be the hickman brain trust we're going to be these are the i will go to this airbnb in montreal again and i will sit in this lounge chair and it'll be dark at 1 a.m and i'll be on my ipad <laughs> and in my again probably i was just in my underwear because you're drunk <laughs> and you're like also there's no ac in in montreal because they're very Ooh. european so this was august and you know i'll probably be there i i should just like go back to like when i first read those stories and now it's you know hickman's avengers and new avengers more, more notably which, as we're kind of alluding, that was the end of the ultimate. That led to the end of the ultimate universe. Find something that matches better than Hickman <laughs> writing Doom. But yeah, the end of the ultimate universe there, and then Secret Wars. Yeah, good, good stuff, as they yes. say. Man, well, uh, Benty, I cannot thank you enough for joining me here in the Vactiverse. I want to let everybody know that Benty is a fantastic Twitch streamer. I'm going to have links to. All of his stuff online. You can find his um, his link tree 
and everything there in the show notes, as well as the things that we mentioned in this podcast um, during this episode. But is there anything, Benty, that you want to point out? Do you want to tell anybody um, about something? I'll right say now? you can. I'll say you can typically find me on things, whether it's Twitter, it's Twitch, it's TikTok, etc. It's usually going to be C Benty sixty, as you can see right up there. That's going like that has like the Twitch up there, but like that's gonna be TikTok, whatever's on the link tree there. So if you don't want to click on the link tree, you're just like, I'm gonna find him myself. That's probably gonna be the username. The only one that isn't is going to be Playback, which is a newer streaming service that I'm a part of. That's gonna be places for like live watch parties of sports. If you want to nerd out with me uh, and watch Celtics games this fall or Bruins games this fall, you can come and do that with me. And that's gonna be at uh, playback.tv slash TV. But for the most part, cbenti60, that's where you'll find me on stuff. Mostly again, Twitch, uh, TikTok is where I tend to do most of the stuff. I might experiment with YouTube soon on terms of uh, like live streaming there, maybe for like different type of stuff. So yeah, that's Excellent. where you can find me. That is fantastic, my friends. Like I said, don't forget to check out everything that Benty's doing over in the show notes down below. Um, if you had something that was of interest to you in this episode, if you're watching on YouTube, Leave us a comment. Let us know. Tell us uh, what your favorite Dr. Doom moment is. And while you're down there, give Benty his flowers. Give him his props. Uh, you will be seeing him again here in the Vactiverse. But I did want to let everybody know that Benty loves comics. And you should, too. We did it.